Welcome, 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 my sisters and brothers of faith at the Skillman Church of Christ. Uh, welcome to the Continuing the Conversation podcast here at the Skillman Church of Christ. Again, I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jake Jacobson. How are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. How, how are you? Hey, things are good. You know, these are crazy times. Uh, and uh, even in the city of Dallas that we're living in, uh, not only did we have a, a pandemic that already was just permeating our globe, but recently with just the unjust killings of, um, of George Floyd and uh, Ahmaud Arbery and, and Breonna Taylor, I think uh, there's been some rioting and some protesting here in Dallas and uh, yeah. protesting the injustice and a curfew has been set in place here and definitely crazy times uh, to to uh, to be around. What I mean, what are your thoughts, man, on, on all this? Well, you know, it was it was crazy. Earlier today, I got a phone call from some of our uh, coworkers uh, who happened to be up at the uh, office, and uh, there were some some potential rumblings today that there there might be some more rioting and, and things like that. And so uh, we ended up just saying, you know, let's just everybody go home. Uh, and uh, continue our work from home, just like we we try to do as much as we can right now. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, the uh, unfortunately, along with these protests, there's been a little bit of, of violence. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, ideally, I think we, we'd see peaceful protests. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, I also understand uh, the emotion and the weight of the situation that uh, some people uh, feel like this is the only option, only, yeah. the only avenue mm-hmm. left to them is to uh, if, if people won't hear their voices. Uh, then maybe they will see their actions, and uh, and so that's uh, unfortunately uh, it, it's 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 a sad reality that we've come to. But uh, yeah, it's, it it makes for crazy times, like you said, and that's right. That's right. Uh, certainly uh, times that uh, many of us I think wish would be different, and that we wish something uh, would change. And oh, uh, I think I think you you had a whole uh, a whole uh, little sermon on the word wish. And uh, yeah. uh, what that word means, and so you know, yeah. I think certainly that lines up exactly with what what we're seeing take place in our country right now. That's right. Uh, last night I had a, a Zoom call with uh, some some good friends, I mean, close people in my life, and we've been trying to have a consistent Zoom call. And of course, last night the topic of the conversation was just the craziness of the the riots and what's going on here in Dallas, and us kind of trying to share some information that we've heard. But when the call was over, Tara and I both felt a little bit uneasy about it mm-hmm. because if we were to take the conversation we talked about and put percentage, percentage points to each topic, the majority of our conversation was spent on the writing. When I think mm-hmm. what we need to make sure that we do is always bring it back to what is the source of all this and that's the killing of George Floyd and mm-hmm. uh, police brutality and the the unjust systems that, that are uh, oppressing some of our fellow Americans. And uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I want to encourage those uh, in the Skillman family that whenever we're a part of these conversations in our, in our home, our, with our families, with our coworkers on Zoom calls, that uh, we can always maybe shift the conversation from the rioting. And of course, we need to talk about it. It's important. And but what's the source of it all and keep that conversation happening. We don't want to be distracted, you know, by some of this right. kind of uh, shift the, the, the focus of the conversation. Like you said, there's, there's reasons for that to happen. Uh, there are people that are, are really upset and they haven't felt heard. Um, but 
in, in our case, you know, you know, maybe a, a, something that we could do is to shift that conversation back to what, what has caused all this people in our country, they're not being heard. They're not, they, they feel forgotten. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. so I think some, some that share uh, from just an experience I had last night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, uh, it, it, this whole season that we're in, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we continue to see these things happening, but uh, again, just reframing our focus uh, to the idea of hope and what, yeah. what is hope? What does Christian hope have to say to this situation? And uh, you know, Christian hope doesn't get distracted by uh, you know the politicized account of things. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I vote this way, so I'm on this side, or I vote the other way, so I'm on this side of the equation. Uh, but instead, hope says, uh, "What is God working to do in the world, and uh, and how can we as followers of Jesus be uh, participants in yeah. that and be bringers of hope?" Uh, and so the people who need hope most right now are people who are hurting, people who are uh, afraid. Mm -hmm. And so our job is not to continue to join into the fear, uh, mm -hmm. but instead to shine hope into, into those fearful situations and the people oh. who are most in need of that. Uh, and so uh, it really kind of changes the conversation away from, you know, the politics of, mm -hmm. you know, together. Mm -hmm. And it says, no, how can we just love people? How can we take care of people? How can we provide for people who don't have anything right now? Yes. And, uh, and, and I, I hope that that gets us away from focusing only on the riots and, mm -hmm. uh, and the violence and, and gets us back to the core of the issue. Exactly. That's, that's well put, my brother. And we were talking about this episode prior to this, and we wanted to name this episode, Why I Signed the Letter. Uh, why mm -hmm. I Signed the Letter. Because... Just recently, you and I, we signed this letter that was sent to the attorney of the district in which the officer who killed George Floyd presides. And I think he's going to be in charge of the prosecution, uh, the last mm -hmm. I heard. And mm -hmm. he, uh, so we signed this letter, and it's a letter that denounces the killing and uh, calls, calls it. Uh, as a product of the systemic racism that can be found in um, many interactions with the police court, the police uh, force. And we even went to a press conference, you and me, last Thursday, and there was cameras there and a uh, microphone. And we stood in solidarity with um, fellow ministers here in Dallas uh, from predominantly black churches, but also probably white churches together in agreement, agreement uh, for the, of this letter. But at the same time, uh, you know, in uh, a predominantly white church, this is not what's typically done, right? Uh, mm. Let's call it what it is, you know. In, in white churches, we don't typically talk about yeah. politics. We stay out. We don't, you know, touch. Typically, we don't touch those kind of controversial issues. But here uh, we are in a, a predominantly white church. And, and there's some people that were a part of our church that may not understand why we signed it. They may not understand uh, the purpose behind it. They may feel a little bit like it was a risky move or something, but I think for you and me, it was a no brainer. And so Jake, I, I kind of want to ask you uh, this letter that was sent to the, uh, the attorney there in Minnesota. Um, yeah. Why did you sign the letter? Yeah. Well, uh, 
I, I think you and I both could probably talk about this um, for a good long while, but uh, we're trying to we're trying to keep this short so that people have an opportunity to listen to it in one setting uh, and not not have to return to it time and time again. So I'll try to give the the short version uh, of kind of what led at least me and I, I probably to some extent both of us uh, here at least in recent uh, recent time. So I mean I, I think everybody hopefully remembers uh, the name Botham Jean, uh, mm-hmm. which in 2018, uh, Botham, who is, was a member of the Dallas West Church of Christ, uh, he was killed in his apartment by a uh, off-duty police officer. Uh, and uh, of course, over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, there was, uh, you know, there was a, uh, a trial. I mean, there was, uh, they, they searched through all the evidence. Uh, and uh, what came about was uh, uh we really realized that we didn't have a lot of strong relationships with some of our co-ministers and other churches, uh, particularly across those racial lines. And uh, unfortunately it took an event like that to kind of springboard us into a consistent action together mm-hmm. of meeting together, of getting to know one another, spending time uh, together. And so uh, for you and I, the past uh, year, year and a half, we've been meeting every month uh, mm-hmm. until COVID uh, with a group of about 20, 25 uh, ministers uh, mm-hmm. who are all uh, here in Dallas uh, or surrounding communities at Churches of Christ. And uh, one, one of the things that I feel like we've learned through that process or that I've learned is uh, the reason that there is so much uh, reluctance to get together across those racial lines is because of the lack of trust uh, between uh, people who are in predominantly black churches and those who are in predominantly white churches. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that you've kind of already laid out is that uh, white churches uh, usually don't participate in uh, protest. Mm -hmm. Uh, You, we usually don't participate in, uh, you know, signing a document like this letter and sending it to a government official or to an institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually say that's, that's not the way, uh, the way to enact change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we go about it in a different way, but mm-hmm. for our black brothers and sisters, what I've heard is that signals uh, mm-hmm. uh, that we're not willing to do the work of racial justice of seeking racial justice. And uh, so one of the reasons that I, I wanted to sign this letter was simply to say uh, to our brothers and sisters in black congregations that uh, we, we do want to do this work uh, of racial justice. And even though we, we in the white church might typically go about it a different way than people in a black church, um, we're willing to stand with you uh, in this and uh, not have a lack of presence or a lack of our voice participating in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that, you know, that hopefully that wasn't too long, but that's a little bit of the background, a little bit of some of the reasoning for why I think it's important that we did sign. Uh, oh, sign yeah. the letter. What about you? I mean, I think you hit on it real well. I mean, uh, because of the unfortunate incident with both and John, it triggered a gathering of ministers all across Dallas that up at, prior to that had not had a regular uh, meeting. I mean, we've had, of course, there's the, the churches that have kind of, um, or kind of sister churches and then all across Dallas, but, but pre- pre- predominantly these were about by racial lines, you know, kind of the white churches and, and the, the, the black churches. And, but this allowed us to meet on a regular basis. And what this has done, I think is it's generated a relationship with these, uh, these brothers 
uh, who are working in churches in different parts of the city. Um, uh, friendships have developed, and through the process, trust has been been uh, awarded to where we're, we kind of hear some of the stories that their their lives they face on a daily basis. And you know, some of those mm-hmm. have opened my eyes to just uh, the term like white privilege and just by the color of my skin, uh, being a white person, a white male, uh, there are certain privileges that I have that I don't even, at the prior, I didn't even know I had them. But just because I don't know what it's like not to be a white male. But mm. uh, sitting and listening to these stories, it opened my eyes to a certain privilege that I have, that we have as, as white people, and certain injustices that um, our friends who are black, people of color, they, they don't have. Uh, they have experiences that are they're horrific, uh, being pulled over by cops and, and unnecessarily harassed, um, being kind of watched as they go shopping in stores. Um, you know, when they get a job promotion, people saying that it's because of their race and not because of their talents. You know, these things never happen to me. Uh, mm. And as a white male, if I get a job promotion, it's because I know, like, they're never going to give me a promotion as a white male unless I earned it, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but so I, I don't doubt that, right? But, you know, there are our friends um, who don't have white skin, I, who aren't white passing, they they get ridiculed or they get questioned uh, and they have to defend themselves and they have to show how they did earn that job and it wasn't because of the color of their skin or you know they have to be extra careful when they walk into a store to make sure that they don't you know do anything suspicious because they know eyes are on them uh, and so number one was the relationship number two uh, it opened my eyes to just the systemic racism that I see the structure itself that it needs to be changed. Um, their racism still exists. There is such a thing as racial profiling. There's biases that we all have that need to be, the inner work needs to happen for that to be questioned uh, among white people. And, um, and then, you know, thirdly, I think we all watched that video. And I think this might be one of the, the times like where everybody all the media outlets, every from both sides of the aisle, everybody saw that video and was horrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone who saw that video that I know of, and again, I might get an email <laughs> with a source about <laughs> someone who, who didn't, but to my knowledge, every single person that saw that video recognized uh, that that was wrong. And then, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of days earlier, there was that video of that lady in Central Park. Did you see that video with the dog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you saw a, a white woman strategically using race. You know, she called the police and said, I have an African-American man threatening me. You know, she knew what she was doing and she knew how the authorities would respond. She knew that automatically the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt would be given to her. And this wasn't, like, this was almost like, on a tray placed before us kind of right. uh, the, the unjust, the unjust system uh, and how it can be used against people. Uh, and we had video evidence, we had video of the whole thing where this guy was just asking her to leave, leash her dog. And then we see right. that guy, the officer's knee 
on the neck of George Floyd, mm-hmm. past like almost like it was nonchalant, just sitting right. there. Yeah. Um, and you see it, and it breaks your heart. Mm-hmm. You see it, and it angers you. Yeah. Because that's a human being. Right. Human being. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just, just want to do something about it. And so when the invitation came to denounce that act, it's a no brainer. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. work be done, man. Yeah. Right. So I'm interested, uh, because I think, I think both of us are, um, we, we are, we're the kind of people that we don't want this to turn into something that's as, as simple as you break it down, uh, based on bipartisan politics. Mm-hmm. Right. So where, uh, you know, you, you can, I mean, you can, you can see how the story plays out because every time one of these stories gets the national spotlight, yeah. uh, it plays out exactly the same way. Right. Is, oh, uh, yeah. you know, you have a group of people who say we need justice uh, and they look back at past events. And then you have another group that says, well, this, look at how far we've come. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think what, what we tend to see is both sides talk past each other. Oh, uh, rather than talking with one another and working together. Yes. And, uh, and I don't, I don't presume to guess that you and I today in 25 minutes Ooh. can uh, fix bipartisan politics. <laughs> but, uh, in your opinion, uh, what can we do as followers of Jesus to avoid the trap of, uh, just going with what the, the headlines say on this website or on that website? Well, that's a great question, Jake. And, um, you know, one of the things that, I have been doing recently is uh, I will, what I'll do is I'll go, I'll go to my internet. When I look at the news, I'll go to every major news outlet. Uh, you know, those that w- w- would be considered more on the conservative side. Also the news outlets that would be considered more on the progressive side. And what I do is I, I look at the headline and I almost like I take a bird's eye view. I look at what picture did they choose and why did they choose that picture? And what's the story that they're trying to communicate in this? Uh, and I do it from the, from the right all the way to the left. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting exercise to see that because you know how it is. There's a thousand and one pictures that are being taken. And so there's an mm-hmm. editor out there that's sifting through these thousands of pictures and they choose one photo. It's not by accident. Yeah. It's, there's a reason why they choose this photo. And, um, and so it's interesting that, that sometimes these photos are different, you know, like, you know, on, on some of these news outlets, um, you know, their, their photo is, of you know, depicting a, you know, an angry, you know, black pro- protester rioting and looting target. You know, that's the front mm-hmm. photo. And mm-hmm. then, you know, an- another, uh, site news outlet, uh, it's a picture of police, you know, beating, um, you know, or pushing someone in, in aggression. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you, it, in that exercise, it allows you to kind of just see, hey, you know, what are the, all the angles of the story here? Hmm. It's, it is, every, you know, uh, every news outlet, they're, all, they're trying to get clicks. They're trying to get people to, to read the article. And so, you know, they are, unfortunately, I think all of them have to spin the story in a way that uh, appeals to their readership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's one thing is just to be aware of it, uh, to be yeah. aware of it. Um, and then, you know, too, I just think we need to keep bringing the conversation back to what the, the source is. Like I talked about earlier, yeah. um, 
you know, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about the rioting. We'll talk about the looting. We'll, yeah, we'll touch on it, but let's take it back. If we can, let's, let's bring that conversation back to the very beginning of that officer with a knee on George Floyd's neck. Why? Why did that happen? Why is that okay? Yeah. It's a human being. How can we live in a world where all human beings are treated with kindness and respect? Um, you take it back to that video at, at Central Park when that lady called the police on an angry African-American man who was uh, threatening her. Why did that happen? Why does she know the formula already in her brain? And, you know, what? Mm. And I think the last thing I want to say is as white people, which I know there's going to be, there's all sorts of people listening to this podcast. But, you know, if I could speak, if we could speak to our white sisters, sisters and brothers, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, we are right now searching for what to do. Some of us are angry about it. Some of us, I'm, I, I would, would imagine, don't care as much. I'm, I'm sad to say that because we, the system already works for us. And so why change it when everything already is, you know, set to our advantage? Uh, but I think for all my white sisters and brothers, I think the work that we need to do is inner work ourselves. I think that we need to acknowledge that white supremacy, white privilege, this is a part of our very fabric as a culture as a country, we need to do our inner work in understanding it, how we contribute to that. Um, an Instagram Facebook post is not enough. Right. I mean, you know, it's not enough. We, we've got to get deep into our soul and do the the inner work. Uh, and how are we complicit and how are we, uh, you know, contributing to this system where there's uh, innocent people being killed. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, if I if I can add just a just a little yes. bit to that too, it just kind of goes back to that first question of why did I sign the letter? Because uh, I think another another aspect of this is that we have been trained to have an opinion about everything. Oh yeah, uh, we've been trained that uh, not only to have an opinion but to share our opinion. Yeah. Uh, and that if we really believe our own opinion, uh, that it's okay for us to, no matter what, mm-hmm. believe that we're in the right and others uh, are in the wrong. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to that, the idea of the, you know, picking a side and choosing a side, which, um, you know, I, I certainly don't want to advocate that uh, mm-hmm. with this. I think, I think we should all be on the side of justice and uh, life uh that life is valuable and mm-hmm. that we should respect uh, other people. Uh, you know, re- regardless of their, the color of their skin, their profession. I mean, um, th- th- this conversation could go so many different ways. Right. But uh, yes. I think yeah. when it comes down to this, uh, we've been taught that we need to have an opinion and share it and defend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, with this, uh, I think that my opinion should take a back seat to the opinions of those who are suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is part of the task of Christian hope is that Christian hope is for the people who are in most need of it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, little by little, we come to find out that's all of us in different ways, uh, different times. Mm-hmm. But at this time, it seems to be our, our brothers and sisters who um, uh, are persons of color. Mm-hmm. And so uh, going back to that first question, why did I sign the letter? Uh, because I was asked to. 
Uh, I was asked to sign the letter by people that I trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, I trust their experience. I trust their wisdom. Um, And uh, so when, when I got the email saying this matters to me, Uh, this matters for my life, for people uh, that experience injustice like me, Mm -hmm. Uh, will you sign it? Uh, To me, the response was, I need to be a listener. Uh, I need to be somebody who, rather than having an opinion and and sharing it and defending it, uh, I need to be somebody who says, I'm willing to be a listener and a learner uh, on this. And uh, and ultimately, I hope that's the task of empathy. Uh, I think that's what we could call that. But uh, that, that, that'd be the one thing I think I would maybe add to what you were talking about. I love it, man. And it was so encouraging too, because if you look at the names of the letter that, that uh, was ev- the people who signed this letter, uh, they're from all the church. I mean, if you look at all over the churches in Dallas, specifically Church of Christ mm-hmm. in Dallas, all the big names, you know, of these churches, yeah. I, every single one signed it. And I think um, yeah. you know, it says something here that uh, what, what happened was wrong. And, you know, there are times when we, we do need to, to say it, you know, say something about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, know, you know, I think like you said, there, there's a season of, of listening, like there's a season of that's inner work, right? Like we have a lot to learn right now. And uh, yeah. we have a lot of stories to hear, experiences to share. But, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, for years, our, uh, our friends who are people of color, you know, they've been speaking about this for years and, uh, there haven't been a lot of, a lot of the majority of white people who have stood with them and say, Hey, you, you know, Hey, let me speak, speak for a little bit right now. You know, <laughs> you know, let, let me go to the streets and protest for this. Uh, you know, this is wrong. And I think uh, after we do that inner work and we recognize and we spend time listening and understand how we are a part of it. Um, I do think that there's a time for us to voice uh, alongside our, our friends mm-hmm. who are who are black indigenous people of color uh, voice with them so they don't always have to and, and of course this isn't like a, a white savior thing you know uh, right. us joining a movement that they started um, mm-hmm. against something that's very wrong because we're all human and if in the Christian worldview all of us are created in the image of God every yeah. single one Mm. Um, and every life matters. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that, that theology put into play, uh, allows us to speak, advocate hope on behalf mm. of, uh, of this. Yeah. So. Well, Hey, one, one last thing, uh, that I want to, I want to share and maybe, maybe get your opinion about it too. But, uh, uh, Rebecca was, um, you know, but in my, in my household, uh, there's only one of us who participates, uh, actively in social media. You're a wise guy, man. You're a wise guy, Jake. That's a time <laughs> vacuum, man. Yeah. That's a wise so, guy. So every once in a while I miss out on some good stuff. And, uh, I think probably the majority of the time I, I miss out on a lot of the bad stuff, which is, you know, that's good for me personally. Mm-hmm. But, uh, she shared with me earlier today, uh, kind of this, I guess it's a meme that's going around about, mm-hmm. uh, Luke 15, uh, which is the story of all the lost things, you know, the lost coin, the lost uh, sheep, the the lost son. And uh, it's this uh, meme where uh, it says that Jesus went out in search of the one lost sheep because that sheep was in danger. Uh, You know, it was exposed. uh, Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it could, it could be killed by a predator. 
Uh, it could, uh, you know, walk into a, a rocky area and break a leg or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, the, the second part of the meme has uh, the 99 saying, what about us? Mm-hmm. And uh, the shepherd responds and says, I'm going, a- I'm going out after the one who's in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 99 are safe, but the one is in danger. Yeah. And so I, I think the, the meme is kind of a parable for, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's kind of two or maybe three phrases that are kind of uh, really uh, politicized. You know, there's Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. uh, there's Blue Lives Matter, yeah. uh, and there's All Lives Matter, right? And so you yeah. see those phrases get thrown around around a lot and so i wanted to ask your opinion about this because i think the parable of the meme is that of course all 100 of the sheep all 100 of them matter yes Uh, but i think the the point being made by this meme is jesus cares also about the one specific sheep that's in danger at that time Uh, and so uh anyways because i I think a lot of times we use those phrases to kind of shut down conversation yeah where jesus might use that as a chance to enter into a situation and, uh, and, and open that conversation instead of close yeah. it down. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, you know, funny, I, I was talking to our good friend, our good friend, uh, Dulcinea Lambert, uh, mm-hmm. just the other day. And we we're talking about this very thing and about black lives matter. And, um, I think she posted, you know, something on her Facebook page and, you know, it generated some discussion, you know, it's, it's, it's a great platform for that, for, for that to, to, for, for people to kind of voice, and, uh, but I think at the very essence of that saying Black Lives Matter, uh, and I feel like that's what we have to say Black Lives Matter because right now it doesn't appear like they do. Um, and it's almost like by saying Black Lives Matter, it's inferring that all lives should matter. But there right now is uh, by, the, by the trends and the news and the tragedies that Black Lives don't matter when they absolutely do and uh mm. you know uh, dulcinea and i were talking i think shaleen valentine another one of our good friends gave her this analogy but you know if you go to like a breast cancer fundraiser or something and you know people are uh, raising funds for breast cancer mm. um and then you know you know someone comes and, and gets all offended and says you know all cancer is bad <laughs> yeah that's a that's a course you know like yeah we're yeah all cancer is bad but we're here because breast cancer you know we're hitting a specific uh area where there is a need for growth and, and breast cancer research and all this um and i think it needs to be addressed and i think we shouldn't be afraid of that sentence because it's exposing um like you said, uh, you know, a part of our population who it appears as though by the actions of society that not much care is given for their lives when mm-hmm. the scriptures say that you know, every life should matter. Mm-hmm. But we need a voice, remind society, yeah. claim it that black lives matter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I hope what people hear, because I, I know that that's a, uh, oh, yeah. That can be a very divisive kind of statement. So uh, just, just to sum up, uh, John Mark yeah. and I both firmly believe, yes, all lives matter, oh, uh, yeah. including uh, the lives of police officers, of course, uh, but also including the lives of our uh, brothers and sisters of color, black and brown skin, uh, yes. who seem to be uh, suffering uh, 
on, on a very large scale, more so than, than people who are like you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we care about all life. <laughs> of course, yeah. And uh, we, we're trying to bring, uh, bring voice, bring our voice to the table to participate in a conversation about justice. Exactly. I mean, that's, uh, that's, the, that's Christian theology, man. I mean, if we truly believe what, if we truly believe what scripture teaches, then, you know, we are advocates for those that don't have a voice. Um, and we believe that every single human life matters. Every human life. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, man. Hey, well, we, we've got ourselves in, uh, you know, we might get some emails, which is, you know, we welcome the discussion. Uh, let's keep talking about this. Uh, again, this is a complicated issue, but we welcome, um, we want to talk about it. We want to yeah. put it out there and we understand that people may not agree r- with us. Uh, there might be some differing, differing opinions. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we, we want to embrace all <laughs> opinions as well. And uh, so I'm getting a whole bunch of text, text messages. Uh, yeah. right now from Whoever's us. listening to this live is uh, yeah. they're, they're already yeah, starting the conversation. Just know that it's, uh, it's mine and um, we just, I just got a message from about our milk distribution and because it went so well last week at 250 gallons, this mm. week we're going to do 648 and that's according, oh my to, goodness. that's according to the, that's just breaking news. I just found out about it myself. So, uh, that's cool. yeah, it is, man. We got, uh, but those dings on my phone, that was, uh, the chief of staff of um, Eric Johnson's, Mayor Johnson's uh, office telling us that, hey, we're in for 648 this week. So Wow. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, brother, uh, always enjoy talking to you, man. And uh, yeah. uh, much love. Uh, and thank you for engaging in this conversation. Let's do it some more. Let's invite yeah, more absolutely. people to do it. Uh, again, we welcome those that may disagree with us. Let's talk about it. Let's you know, yeah. uh, engage in conversation. I'm sure I have some things to learn from you. Uh, we have some things to learn from them, them as well. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, uh, my sisters and brothers of faith, thank you for joining us on this episode uh, of Why I Signed the Letter. And uh, we are so grateful for all of you out there. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Goodbye, everybody.